All right, we're back. It's another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Kuypers. Hey, I'm the other host. My name is Anthony Hookman. And we're going to talk Friday Night Lights season four, episode 10. Uh, before we do that, we have some exciting news uh, tonight. It's it's a pretty big deal. We have a sponsor for this episode, a brand new sponsor. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about our our, uh, our financial contributor for this episode? Yes, that is correct, Josh. This episode is brought to you by Michael Joseph Harris, who has <laughs> uh, been kind enough to give us $5, said, I want to be a sponsor on the show, personal friend, friend of the show, sponsor of the show, Michael <laughs> Joseph Harris. Exclusive uh, sponsor. At exclusive this point. sponsor yeah. of the show. Um, yeah, he uh, he said he wanted to be a sponsor. He said, I want uh, Jordan Erickson and Jimmy Myers to hear that uh, <laughs> that he is a financial supporter of the show. So, yeah. uh, Jordan, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, uh, you know maybe it's time to pony up yourselves. <laughs> uh, hell, our listeners in the West Indies, uh, if you want to, <laughs> you want to pony up, uh, we'll we'll be happy to take it. But this episode, four ten, sponsored by this five dollar bill that I'm holding right in front of me. <laughs> I'll have you guys know that I did Venmo $2.50 to Josh. <laughs> so it yep. is, um, we've got it in hand. This episode is brought to you by Michael J. Harris. There you go. Thanks, Harris. We appreciate your support. And yeah, like Anthony said, if you would like to support the next episode of Reliving the Lights, just reach out to us to, on Twitter and we will uh, give you our Venmo information yes. and literally any amount. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, you can be a sponsor. We'll take it. Uh, Grain Belt sure wasn't interested. So, <laughs> all right. We still love you, Grain Belt. We know you're we're, not listening, but I'm drinking you right now. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep at it, uh, Anthony. That does bring me to our next uh, question. What are you drinking this evening? Got the Grain Belt Premium. Ooh, and got a can. A, got a backup can here that I, I ironically put in a. <laughs> Bud Light Bud. koozie, but it was, it's Jackrabbits okay. on one side, Bud Light on the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greenbelt Premium, the classic, the go-to, nice. the standby. I, I can't say that I've ever had a Greenbelt Premium out of a can before. Uh, oh. What do you prefer? You know, I'm a I'm a beer out of cans guy um, in almost any beer. So, yeah. and Greenbelt yeah. is no exception. Um, I'll take cans over bottles. I actually was psyched. I We had a, a pretty full fridge. Um, and then I came across they had the 24 pack in a can and high B when we just happened Boom. to step in there like to pick up prescription. And I was like, hell yes, I don't need this, but I'm <laughs> grabbing it because um because I love uh beer out of a can and specifically because Grain Belt is probably my favorite beer to drink on the regular. So I love Grain Belt out of a can. Nice. You're stocked up for a while. That's great. Yeah. There really is I don't I can't think of an advantage of a bottle over a can, uh, in my opinion. No. I don't the, think it's, it's probably not more environmentally friendly, right? Like that's probably not. No, it's, <laughs> it's probably easier to recycle aluminum than it yeah, is glass. Oh yeah, for sure. Glass is a whole thing. Uh, just the feel of the can in the hand, I mm -hmm. think is superior to, to the bottle. I think it, uh, th the bottle gets lukewarm faster in my opinion. Agree. Agree. So, well, you know, metal is a conductor. So once it's already cold, you know, it gets cold yeah. faster and it stays cold. You know, that's that's science. That's science. <laughs> um, I do know. So um, our friend Jesse Petrick, who I think you've met Jesse a yeah. time or two, mm -hmm. he doesn't like to drink beer out of cans because he doesn't like opening the cans, which is oh. like, like I think it hurts what? his fingers or something, which is like, come on, Jesse. Compared to a bottle? 
Yeah. You gotta, I, you gotta right. like pull your sleeve down so you don't yeah. hurt your hand on the. No, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just. I think maybe he doesn't understand how to open a can. Like I think he does it with his <laughs> fingernail, but like, there's enough space you probably can't. Like there's yep. enough space in there to fit some finger fat. Yeah, you don't get have under. To, you don't yeah. have to use your fingernail, you dingus. <laughs> what? That's a, that's an extra bonus for Mike because he got to sponsor the show vocally, and we crapped on Jesse, his old roommate, uh, <laughs> well, in, in one episode. So see, I'm gonna is... I'm gonna hit him up after this episode for five more dollars for that. <laughs> we'll make it worth your money, folks. Uh, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, yeah. Um, so tonight we're just recording one, so I didn't, uh, you know, line up a whole bunch, but I did pack a cooler for oh, nice. uh, the trip down to the basement. <laughs> this is my old work cooler from when I painted houses. Yeah. It's still got a nice beige color there on the oh, handle. Yeah. Um, and if I open it up, I did have some uh, uh, mixed drink with some rum earlier this evening, but now I brought down another big wave. The oh, yeah. big wave. I had one of these left. I actually didn't realize I had one of these left, so it was a p- pleasant surprise. And then uh, if I get through that, then I've got a nice skinny Michelob Ooh. Ultra here. So nothing fancy with that, but still got my can koozie here. If you need, a- <laughs> man, I wish I had one of those skinny can koozie. Yeah. All right, uh, that's our program sponsor for the evening that is uh what we are drinking it's time to get into episode 410 i'm gonna pop this top there it is okay this episode is entitled i can't uh which i feel like is (laughs) it reminds me of i can't even which i feel like is more like a (laughs) 2015 yes 2016 ish era but i will say when i was the summer i was working in boji was 2014 and that was the first time i remember hearing it very regularly yeah yeah i can't even with this that kind of thing yeah which i feel like the new version of that is uh we love to hear it i feel like that (laughs) is the new one that in three years from now will be except for god yeah i never got into i can't even but i definitely have gotten deep into we love to see it (laughs) slash hear it so yeah yep uh no i'm not hating on that at all it's just one of those things that catches on for a while and then yep but you know what like i think it is interesting because i feel like i maybe tire of these things faster than most Mm -hmm. um but there's certain phrases that definitely stay in my lexicon and i don't see we love to see it leaving anytime soon although maybe i because like i i feel like those twitter bits if they're Mm -hmm. not really really solid i get sick of them very quick very quickly yes. but quicker than most so uh, the fact that i've been doing love to see it for like three years i think is um, yeah yeah a testament yeah, to yeah it's standing the test of time no i i regularly use the muted words for a week feature uh-huh. on on twitter because twitter will get stuck on something like the red flags yep, or yep. whatever and i'll just be like okay <laughs> I'm done with that. Yeah. Uh, like a, a month or two ago, Old Beach, the beach that makes you yeah. old, that got muted for a week. <laughs> I remember we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, got one phrase like muted on my Twitter and it is wrong answers only. I absolutely <laughs> oh, hated yes. that bit. That's bad. That is muted forever. It still comes up. You you don't know this because it's muted, but it nope. still happens. Uh, yeah. I hate that. Okay. We should maybe... I. I we should maybe just pull up our muted words quick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only one that I have is uh, is uh, wrong answers only, but I'll check. 
this uh, mine might piss some people off. I don't know. It's slightly political, probably. <laughs> but okay, here are mine. I'll start with the ones that are still active, and then I'll share some ones that have expired. Ben Shapiro, muted forever. <laughs> Caitlin Bennett, muted forever. Gun Girl, uh, Gun Girl as one word, muted forever. Here are some expired ones. Beach, beach that <laughs> makes you old. <laughs> I don't know why, but crate, the word crate hmm. is muted. That's here. odd. Uh, Ted Lasso, <laughs> muted. Right. I think that might have just been because I didn't want to see spoilers. Uh, Did it hurt is expired. Oh yeah, that one was pretty bad. Yeah, and uh, the the last one is McCain. I think I just got sick of the discourse when when it might have been Megan, but I think it was when John Kane died. John McCain died, and everybody was. Where can I find the muted words? Mute and block. Here we go. Blocked accounts. I have 126 blocked accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I? Oh, a lot of these are like from like one of them is like. Ted, uh, you know, like the like where people would be like, it's Ted from the movie Ted, and they'd like put oh. like relatable teen advice or like dumb <laughs> jokes. Fat sure. Amy from Pitch Perfect. Um, there's probably like three or four Mr. Chows from The Hangover in here. <laughs> Why did I block these? What who's Egypt Sharad, host of HGTV's property versions? Why did I block them? <laughs> I'm sure he had it coming. Yeah. Anyway, muted words, literally one wrong answers only forever. (laughs) That is the only thing that I have blocked muted. Well, yeah, good call on that one for sure. I should probably, you know what? I'm just going to add that while I'm here because I think that's a good, good decision. Like I said, it still comes up. It's terrible. It's just the worst bit. There's nothing funny about it. No. All right. Uh, send us your muted words on Twitter. Yeah. Let us know what you've muted. Wait, if you say a word that you've muted, will it show up on your own timeline? Or will you mute yourself? Will you mute your own tweet? No, I, I imagine it'll show up for you. But that's that's a, yeah, that's a real chicken of the egg question. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll try to work all of my muted words into one tweet and just see what happens. <laughs> the beach that made you old. Wrong answers only. <laughs> Caitlin Bennett and Ben Shapiro are on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there Ted you go. Lasso, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Ted Lasso, Ben Shapiro, and Caitlin Bennett, the gun girl, go to the beach that make you old. <laughs> Wrong answers only. <laughs> Did it hurt them when John McCain died? <laughs> Wrong answers only. <laughs> Crate. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, there's our muted words. Again, uh, send us your muted words on Twitter. I'd, I'd be interested to see what you've yeah. all muted. Uh, this episode is entitled I Can't. We already established that. It doesn't have a date on here. It just has 2010. That's oh. the first time that's happened. That is odd. I th- oh, I, it shows January 20th, 2020. Oh, right? yep. I was just on a different. Uh, sub- yep. January 20th, 2010. You're right. Uh, it was 43 minutes long. It was rated TV 14. Uh, what did Haven Ivan Haven Iron Oak have to say about it? Oh, it's asking me how would I rate? I can't. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's been doing that for me lately too. Whenever I, I go to like any movie page, I don't want to. I always that. just yeah. 
Okay, here's the Haven Iron Oak weekly uh, description. Riggins takes Becky to Mrs. Taylor for advice about her unwanted pregnancy. Vince must get his mom into rehab after she ODs. Julie invites Habitat Ryan over for dinner with her folks. (laughs) Tim pressures Billy to get out of the chop shop business. Luke tells his parents he's gotten Becky pregnant. Jess confronts her dad about his supporting her and her brothers in football-related activities. Um, what? There's some weird stuff in here. Habitat Ryan. I that's, mean, that's, a, that's like how we would say, take notes. Yeah, it is 100%. <laughs> Habitat Ryan in football-related activities. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting phrasing. Uh, I have not heard back from Haven Iron Oak on any of the various uh, platforms that I've reached out to him on. But uh, I, I said on the last episode that I was going in mid-October. It's actually mid-November that mm. I'm going to St. Petersburg, that's, Florida. So That's why I got so confused when you yes. said that because I was like, uh. <laughs> yep. No, it's uh, it's next month. So I've that's still got like time now. to try and, uh, try and uh, find Haven Iron Oak. Stephen Knapp. So, and that will actually work great for both of our schedules because I am going to be in Minneapolis for like the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. So, there you go. Perfect. Uh, that won't screw We're up our out. schedules, hopefully. Okay. Well, that's what Haven Iron Oak had to say about it. You want to hear what Movie Dude 2 had to say? I would love to hear what Movie Dude 2 has to say about this episode. Okay. I didn't like what I had initially, but I had a little bit of extra time. And so I kept working it and I'm, I'm a little more satisfied with where I ended up than where I started. So here we go. When the chop shop business hits some snags, Tim advises Billy to get out of the game, but he doesn't know what to tell Becky about the pregnancy. So he takes her to Tammy Taylor, some advice for some advice on her options. When it's clear that Coach Taylor is struggling to get Vince playing up to his potential, Big Verge Merriweather offers Coach some football advice and takes on the role of Vince's advisor, which hurts his daughter Jess, who advises him to take an interest in his own kids. Vince checks his mom into rehab at the advice of doctors, and in order to pay the bill, he gets back involved with some old friends against better advice. Okay. Um <laughs> It took me a little while to figure out what the... It, yeah, it didn't come link. across very clear as I was yeah, reading the it out was, loud. Um, when you said to hit a snag, I thought for sure, because that's the kind of that, phrasing yes. that Movie Dude 1 yes, it is. latches onto. Like, advice is... Or, in that same sentence, as I read it, when I said, Tim advises Billy to get out of the game, I was yeah, like, oh, that I would have been a good one that's too. what it yeah. is. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought hit a snag. I was like, that's for sure it. And then I kept mm-hmm. not hearing it, and I was like, okay, what's... Uh, mm-hmm. I got to listen for some, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's not it bad. We're up. never gonna, we're never gonna really, really recapture no. the the movie dude one magic. But well, I think I learned something with this, and that's you need to read it out loud as yes. the listener would hear it. Because I was just set on Tim advises Billy, mm-hmm. Tammy uh, gives Becky some advice, uh, yeah, all of that, and so I thought it was pretty locked in. But as I read it back, it didn't, it didn't come through. So. Yeah, you got to make sure that it sounds sufficiently ridiculous. It's got to <laughs> It's got to sound ridiculous. My initial my first draft though was like 6 sentences long and I managed to get it down to 3. So I thought I was I was happy with that. Sure. Uh, yeah, know, that's in true that movie good. dude yeah. fashion. I I, gotta, I worked it until I yeah. got it down as far as I could. Got to so. turn some turn some sentences into run-ons and yeah, throw some commas in there willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe a semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that bold, but <laughs> next time maybe I'll try the semicolon. But 
All right, there's the Movie Dude 2 synopsis. Let's get into it here. This episode starts at church, and like church always does in the Friday Night Lights universe, it is meant to show us that Luke Cafferty is a sinner and a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, um, we had kind of some shades of Smash Williams in this opening Oh, scene. 100%. Yeah, I'm surprised Luke didn't like go out to the parking lot and shoot himself <laughs> up with heroin or something <laughs> in true Smash fashion. Take, take some cowboy candy right in the church Yeah, there you go. Right I said heroin, but that kind of works because it's just the natural progression of uh, right. cowboy candy. So, yes. yeah. So um, the the minister is talking from the pulpit of how proud they are of their football star Luke Cafferty, mm-hmm. which uh, just a great a lot kid. Of, <laughs> which he is. I'm not yeah. going to disagree with him. No, I've been in a lot of church services and I've never heard anyone, you know call out a specific person for being a great kid from the pulpit, but uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't uh, you know, you didn't grow up in football obsessed Texas. So that's true. That's true. It's a whole different world. Uh, next we see Tim at the junkyard. Uh, he's getting some car frames crushed and the junkyard guy says, listen, uh, I've kind of looked the other way on this, um, but I can't take any more of these just skeletons, I believe he called them. Yep. Because uh, the cops are going to come looking for him and they're going to have questions for me. So you you can't bring me anymore. Yep. Yep. Tim kind of plays done right off the bat, but the guy is basically like, come on. Yep. We, yeah, come we on. both know what's going on. on here. So uh, yeah, Tim's starting to get concerned over at uh, Ray's barbecue. Yeah. Uh, Coach and Vince are going over some plays. Um, Ray kind of, well, it's because it's right before Vince has to go to work. Yep. And Ray kind of overhears it. Vince says, I got to get to work, coach. Ray kind of comes over and says, or Vince, or she's Virgil. <laughs> Big Verge. Big Verge comes over and talks to coach and is kind of like, oh, you know, some of these plays, I don't remember exactly what his wording was, but it yeah. seemed like you're maybe not coaching in the right way or something. Yeah. Not so sure about that. You sure that's why? <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that's not why? Uh, yeah. Verge maybe doesn't trust uh, what coach is trying to do. Uh, he's trying to put in some timing patterns, which uh, are a little more complicated for Vince and the receivers. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Tim and Becky are talking about the pregnancy Tim is kind of urging her, listen, you got to talk to your mom. She'll understand. Becky says, no, you don't know her. Uh, that's not not going to be good. So Tim takes her to the tailors to talk to Tammy. Mrs. Coach kind of runs her through her options a little bit. Yeah, uh, she kind of runs through those options. Becky finally is like, what if I... And she doesn't use the word abortion, but she implies like, what if yeah. I want to get an abortion? Tammy just kind of says, I can direct you towards some literature on that. Yep. So Tammy didn't offer it to her, but when asked, um, yes, yes, she said, yeah, I can. Important I can to make that distinction. Yep. <laughs> Over at practice, Vince is struggling with the new plays that coaches is putting in. Um, and, uh, big Verge Merriweather shows up to practice, which up until this point, 
he has not had taken any interest in football, you know, really whatsoever, at least in person. Yeah. yeah to the point where he basically hates it. Right. Um, and the, uh, the East Dillon buddy Garrity's up in the stands watching <laughs> practice. They can't believe what they're seeing that, yeah. uh, that big Mary's up there uh, at practice. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we do get a little short scene of Becky. Um, she reveals to her mom that she's pregnant. Her mom is right away. thinks she's joking. Yeah. You know, kind of is like, that's not funny. Don't joke about that. But it becomes very clear that she is telling the truth. Uh, and Becky's mom gets pretty upset. Yeah. She doesn't take the news very well. Over at the Taylor household, coach finally gets Gracie down, took four books in a song or something like that <laughs> to, to get her to go to sleep. Um, Julie shows up loudly to the house. <laughs> she, I think she like says basically like, Hey, I'm going to hang out with Ryan Cabrera. And then she leaves again. Habitat Ryan. Uh, well, she she also lets them know that he she invited Ryan over for dinner. Yes, yep. Uh, later in the week, I didn't catch the day, but yeah, uh, she takes off again. Tammy takes the opportunity to tell Coach about the Becky pregnancy situation, and right away, uh, Coach is very concerned that Tim Riggins <laughs> Tim, is going to be a father. Tim Riggins is going to be a father. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not the dad. He seems yeah. to be a friend or something like they're yeah. very like not sure how the relate what the relationship is because actually that is surprising just having come from yeah. Platt uh, that I feel like in a, a town that small they would know why Tim Riggins is friends with Becky but yeah yeah especially but also probably like, safely assume that he is the father of the yeah. child <laughs> that's a natural first response for yes. sure yeah um, but yeah Tammy. Tammy tells her that, you know, well, I told her the options she has and that she should talk to her parents and you can see coach is a little, I don't know. I couldn't interpret if he was still like just shook up by the possibility that it was Tim or if he's like right. a little nervous about the whole situation of Tammy yeah. advising. So yeah. knowing what you and I know it, I, I think that's what pushes me towards the, right. the latter, but yeah. Uh, Vince arrives home. Uh, in the evening, finds his mom unresponsive, calls 911. Uh, off screen, they apparently show off because the next scene is in the hospital. Yep. Vince, uh, well, Vince's mom wakes up. Vince is there, tells her that she OD'd. Yeah. Um, she's kind of restrained to her bed so she doesn't hurt herself. Yeah. Vince kind of pleads with her a little bit. Uh, says you know why do you keep doing this to yourself why do you keep doing this to me yeah um, it's a pretty pretty emotional yeah. bummer of a scene yeah pretty heartbreaking Vince is take really taking it on himself like that he's the problem or yeah. whatever yeah like, why don't you want to be with me why do you want to leave me by, by myself I don't know if I can do this by myself mm-hmm. um <clears throat> Pretty heart-wrenching. My wife was definitely crying in yeah. the chair next to me at multiple points uh, during this episode. Uh, the waterworks were flowing for Lindsay. So, Get a quick scene of Luke and Becky talking in the halls. Um, Luke is trying to be supportive, but Becky is basically like, I'll figure this out on my own. And then kind of like does a like borderline psychopathic like emotion change 
uh yeah. to a like she sees like a classmate in the hall and she like goes okay. from yeah like <laughs> it was yeah yeah she was very short with him did not want to have the conversation at all whatsoever Ooh. um wanted nothing to do with him over at Riggins Riggs, uh, Billy and Tim are kind of wrapping up a job for a customer and uh, one of the, yeah, the customer, one of the guys there tries to like take a peek underneath <laughs> a, a sheet, which yeah. we assume is like the- One of the deconstructed cars. Yeah, the car frames, the skeletons. And uh, Billy flips out on him. Very, <laughs> very uh, upset by this guy poking around and almost discovering their chop shop. Yeah. Uh activities so uh billy's pretty high strung on the whole thing mm. we get a little scene of becky and her mom meeting with a doctor about her options um mom is pretty upset because of the texas laws that require <laughs> the doctor to provide all the options yeah um she's like listen she's already made the decision we don't have to do this and he's like i'm required by law to do all this and she's like, she's already going to, she's made up the decision even after hearing all these options. Like, let's just get this done with. She's very short, very just trying to get it mm-hmm. um, finished. Uh, and then they, after that, we kind of get a little, another scene of them like outside where she promises Becky that everything's going to be okay and that she's going to be fine and that they'll kind of eventually move on from this. I didn't write it down, but I remember that she said something. Oh, she said something along the lines of that doctor probably assumes that I'm white trash because my daughter is pregnant or something like that. But basically she was railing on the doctor. But if I was Becky, I would be pretty hurt by what I heard my mother saying uh, and implying about me. So, right. Yeah. Her mom is pretty worked up about yeah. the whole situation. I mean, yeah. understandably, understandably, but I, it's it's obviously touching on her yeah. own trauma. There's a, yeah, there's a scene later that we'll talk about yeah. this um, that they talk about or that Becky kind of opens up to, to Tammy. And mm-hmm. I kind of was like, oh, like yeah. it really, it really she hit home. It. it really hit home for me as the child of a single mother Mm -hmm. uh but we'll we'll dig into that (laughs) later on (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) uh we see vince asking a nurse about getting his mom into rehab or some hospital worker about getting his mom into rehab um the the hospital person says you know yeah we can get her into like a state rehabilitation center uh but it's going to be like what like six months or something like that yeah yep um, they don't have any openings at the moment. There's a big wait list and Vince is like, no, my, my mom needs help right now. Um, and so the lady says, well, there are some private options, but private centers, but they're pretty expensive. Uh, over at a bar. So I, I texted you earlier today mm-hmm. and I said that coach in this episode yeah. hits, has some like absolute all-time low moments <laughs> and some absolute high moments very close to each other in this episode. So this moment was a real low for me yeah. where I was like, coach, my goodness. <laughs> Please um, stop. Please stop, coach. Virgil keeps like, he's like, hey, I think you may need some help coaching Vince and I think uh-huh. I can help you. And coach like keeps trying. This happens like three times. Coach keeps trying to make it a racial thing. Yeah. Coach is like, 
oh, what, because he's a black kid and you're black that you'd be better at coaching than me because I'm a white guy. And every, I was just like, geez, coach, stop. Like, what's your deal, man? Like, it's oh clearly not what goodness. he's trying to say. Yeah. Uh, w- when I saw this scene, I knew that this was definitely what you had texted me about. <laughs> <laughs> coach hitting a low point here. Yeah. I was uh, like, man. Uh. Coach really wanted it to be about race, but that is not what Virgil was saying. Vir- uh, Virgil was saying basically like what? That he sees himself in Vince. Yes. That he's like, I, I think I understand him as a person because I had a similar style of play. Yeah. Yeah. He asked Coach, like, have you ever, were you ever the most athletic person on the field, you know, and mm-hmm. being told not to trust your instincts, stuff like that. So. Um, Sounds like old uh, Virgil was a real Rocky Nelson of himself <laughs> in his day. <laughs> yep, I think so. Uh, Tammy, the next morning, uh, has to bring Coach back to the bar because apparently Coach was too uh, tuned up to, to drive. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't remember where he parked and Tammy calls him out on it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Tammy's just really giving him some crap about drinking on a school night and all that, but um, she's not that impressed, but yeah, yeah, she drops him off. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, some some good banter. Uh, yeah. Makes Coach walk to his car, like walk, you know, like <laughs> 30 feet to his car. Right. Um, Tim and Billy kind of have a conversation over at Riggin' Riggs about how risky the chop shop is becoming. Um, and exactly what their options are. Uh, they kind of go over a few uh, options of what to do with the car frames, the skeletons. Yeah. Uh, and eventually they land on burying them, which seems like an obviously also bad decision. But <laughs> they both agree that that's what they're going to do. I mean, not as bad as what? Putting them in the lake and yeah, what was Billy's other one? I don't remember. Tim's just like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Bill. Oh, no. Driving off a cliff. That's what it was. Yeah. Driving <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> Tim's uh, like, Billy, Billy, they don't have edges. <laughs> yeah. They don't have edges. Oh, yeah. Billy, I'll just drag the vehicle into the lake. <laughs> My bare hands. I'll swim out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, even, uh, even if the cars had engines, what would driving them off a cliff do? Right. Yeah. They'd still be there. Exactly. In fact, it'd probably bring more attention if somebody found a car at the bottom of a cliff. So, anyway. Yeah. Billy's Billy, not the sharpest tool in the shed. No. And neither is that. the actor who plays him. Uh, <laughs> hashtag don't listen to that podcast. <laughs> the other one. <clears throat> I can't even think of what it's called, and I don't. Uh, well, I don't even want to acknowledge it. I'm going to say it because it's so obvious. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't yeah, lose. It is, yeah. That's the best you could do. Um. Anyway, we talked about Coach hitting a low point. I laughed out loud at Coach in this next scene. Um, I don't know how oh, well you yes. remember it. Yes, yes. They're yes. at they're at dinner with Habitat Ryan, <laughs> as we're now going to call him. Thank you, Haven Iron Oak. Um, tense tense conversation. Um, Ryan <laughs> is asking repeatedly <laughs> about playing football in the rain. <laughs> So that's got to be weird, right? <laughs> Everybody just out there in yeah. the rain. In the rain. And finally, Coach responds with, uh, yeah, it can get pretty weird. <laughs> like the, but his delivery, I can't even, I can't even replicate it. Yeah. It is so funny. 
Because he's so like clearly just like, oh, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. Uh, he's trying to date my daughter. <laughs> and but just the way he was, yeah, it can get pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Delivery. And it wasn't just coach. Like even Tammy was like, <laughs> oh, oh God. Uh <laughs> How do I get us out of this situation? Um, um, it doesn't go well. They there's also a quick moment in there where uh, Habitat Ryan mentions that his next project is in Arizona and Coach is like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice though, Arizona. Yeah. You'll love it there. It's a good, uh, <clears throat> just Coach firing on all cylinders. Really like almost redeemed himself from the <laughs> racial stuff. <laughs> I didn't I I didn't pick up what was coach's redemption for you oh, from man. that text, his high, but yeah, that makes sense. That, I was that, laughing that was so the, hard. I was looking for an inspo rating spike, but I understand what you're talking <laughs> at the about. table. Just yeah. yeah, it can get pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> so good. If we, I was just thinking about naming the podcast and how it took us so long to figure one out, but that that could have been the line that we latched on to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can get, get pretty, pretty weird. weird. A friend and I like to rewatch podcast. Vince goes over to Big Verge's house, uh, works up the balls to ask him for a four thousand dollar advance yeah. on his check. Four thousand dollars. How long would it take you That's to make four thousand dollars at Ray's barbecue after school? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't know what the uh, federal minimum wage was in two thousand ten. Uh, the same as it is now. Is it really? Was it that long yeah. ago that they? Jeez. Mm-hmm. It was like two thousand seven, so, I think, when it went up to was it twenty five. Was that a progressive though? I think it went. I think it finished in two thousand nine because I think it was a progressive. Like it went up like a dollar a year. Um, you say 2010? I'm just Googling it. 725 yeah, per hour. Bet it was, I bet it was 10. That's that's wild. <laughs> um, so yeah, a long time. So let's do $4,000 divided by 725, knowing that he's not actually taking home 725. 725. That would be 551 hours of work. <laughs> so Even if he was working full-time, which he obviously is not, that would be more than 10 weeks of full-time. Yeah. I mean, he's not, so, he's not working 40 hours a week at the freaking Rays no, barbecue. No, he's got school and football and mm-hmm. stuff. So what? Like maybe maybe 10 hours a week? What do you, how much do you want? I would say, that? I see, and I 15? never, I can't speak for football. I was thinking 20 tops, but probably closer to, to 15. Yeah. So maybe even closer to 10. I don't know. He's basically asking for like a six month advance on his mm. paycheck. Yeah. I didn't do the the math on that, but uh, so yeah, big advance on the paycheck. But he explains it's to get his mom into rehab. Um, Verge basically says, "Listen, I can't give you the money. I don't have that money to give you." You, um, but he assures him that it's not because you know that he doesn't believe in him or anything like that. Yeah. Um, says something like, I'm not, I'm saying no to the money. I'm not saying no to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says they'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. Jess overhears all of this. I think pretty much all of it, which is, it's a weird move from Verge because when Vince comes to the door, Virgil goes, she's not here. He answers the doors and goes, yeah. she's not here. And then goes into this like tirade about how much he likes Vince. Yeah. And then we find out that Jess is indeed there. 
Yeah, I think Verge is maybe having some internal conflict here. I think of, so. You know, protecting his daughter, but also believing in Vince or something. So, yeah. but Jess does overhear it. She is there uh, and she overhears it. She's very hurt <clears throat> that it seems like her father is more interested in uh, investing in Vince and showing an interest in Vince than he is for his own kids. Um, and she lets, she lets, uh, big Mary know that. Yeah. Yeah. He, once he turns around from walking Vince to the door, he sees Jess standing there and, and she puts, puts him on blast. Yep. No doubt. Um, meanwhile, over at the, uh, Taylor household, Tammy is rocking Gracie, uh, in the middle of the night wakes coach up to ask what they would do if it turns out that Julie got pregnant. I want you to, okay, think about this. <clears throat> you're in bed. You're sleeping. You hear something at three in the morning, middle of the night. You open your eyes. You look up, and there at the foot of your bed is that thing. <laughs> Good I Lord. I thought you were going to go a different direction with it of... <laughs> You hear something at three in the morning and Tammy Taylor is standing at the front of your bed. <laughs> that's that's probably why I didn't freak out. It all balanced out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Tammy's really worried about yeah, what what Julie would do if she got pregnant. Coach is like, oh my gosh, okay. Uh chill out, go to bed. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Luke also can't sleep. Uh, over at the Cafferty household. I I initially thought that maybe this was gonna be my theme when these two uh, scenes oh, were back. To that would have been good. I, I couldn't figure out how to get everybody losing else wrapped sleep. up in there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Becky's so, losing sleep. Luke is losing sleep. Tammy's losing sleep. Vince could be losing sleep because of his mother. Mm-hmm. You could have done it. You Tim is losing it. sleep over the chop oh, shop. Yeah, you could have done it. God, frick. I even you, don't have, you don't have those movie dude one instincts like I do. I guess not. <laughs> I, I, even, I even put it in my notes at the top. I went to the top of my notes and put Movie dude two idea losing sleep. I, I do that when I'm taking notes too to try mm-hmm. to when I'm when I'm in in control of the movie dude one. Yeah, yep. do the same thing. Uh, but Luke can't sleep. His dad gets up to get a glass of water, sees him in the kitchen there, so he kind of presses Luke to find out. Hey, what's bothering you? What's wrong? Yeah, and, he thinks it's the hip or something, yeah. which is very strange. I got to say to see Vince in this situation because his dad was so uncaring, like literally two episodes ago mm, about yeah. his life in general. And now he's suddenly <laughs> like, hey, you can tell me anything. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Luke does spill the beans about the pregnancy uh, situation. Um, and yeah, obviously his dad uh, has a look of concern as we cut away to the next scene, which is practice. They are, it seems like maybe the, the coaches are trying to let Vince play by his instincts a little more, uh, at the advice of big verge. Yes. Yeah. That conversation must've gotten something into coaches. Head. Yeah. Uh, so they, yeah. Coach basically tells Vince, like, take whatever instincts. feels good. Trust your instincts. Yep. And on the other side of the ball for the defense, coach Stan tells them tells the defense what the play is going to be and they're like why are you telling us the play and stan says quote 
I'm telling you the play because I want you to sack Vince. And if you can't do that now, you really are a bunch of jug butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, during this scene, Angie pointed out that the whole coach, uh, what's his name? Stan. Stan. Um, the whole coach Stan being gay storyline has oh, yeah. gone nowhere up to this point. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if it continues to go nowhere, but I kind of was like, I think maybe it comes up again, but no, I don't know uh, if it does. I can't remember. Stay tuned. Any. Yeah. That literally happened. And then like they acknowledged it, Julie and him. Well, Julie acknowledged it, it later, but just he contained to that one episode. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Stay tuned. I bet that the other Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast won't even talk about that. <laughs> They'll just skip right on they're, by. They're afraid to admit that the show had inconsistencies. <laughs> you know what? If you can't admit that something that you love is flawed, you don't actually love it. You don't Billy Riggins. actually love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like maybe the writers were just leaving their options open. Like, eh, we'll throw that out and, there. Maybe we'll come back to this. Maybe and you know not. what? Maybe, maybe it actually does come back and we just don't remember it, but it could be, could oh. be, could be anyway. Uh, Luke comes home from school after practice, the same practice, presumably. Yeah. And uh, Luke's dad is told uh, Ma Cafferty about the pregnancy. Turns out that uh, Luke's parents are insane. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. They compare, they compare this pregnancy to Mary and Joseph. It's okay, Luke. Mary and Joseph thought they were in a situation too at first. Yeah. Luke's uh, response. <laughs> Becky and me are not Mary and Joseph's mom. <laughs> like, yeah. Obviously, but I guess it needed to be said to Mock Afferty. Uh yeah. not that, a good deal. Hmm. Made no. me feel real icky. Made me feel icky. I hated their reaction, their character's reaction. I also think that both Ma and Pa Cafferty are just terrible actors. They were just Fair. not good at acting Fair. either. Mom, Pac Efforty, come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a lot to work with as right. far as right. like uh, the, the writing for their characters goes, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was awkward on multiple levels. I thought yeah. Ryan and Julie have climbed up onto a, like a water yeah, tower I, or something. I was going to ask you if there's a better term for that type of thing than a water tower because it's not a tower but it's a big it's a large container that holds water (laughs) it's what we would call in plat a water tower like there's there's other things like that that i've seen that i would call a water tower but as i was taking the notes i was like listen uh we really respect the listeners of reliving the lights especially (laughs) the sponsor of this show michael j harris um we 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 respect him five dollars worth yes um so I want to make sure that he's stretching that $5 out and he's getting another mention <laughs> on this episode. Um, but uh, so I think if you're listening to this and you haven't, for whatever reason, if you haven't uh, watched the episode recently and you're just listening either out of respect or because you love the show, whatever it is, I want to make sure that I'm giving you the best visuals possible. I want to make sure that I'm explaining this in the best way possible. So yeah. um, I appreciate I don't this. know that the water tower is the correct term to use but it's <laughs> a large container of water that you contain that you contain water in. i'm not very sure. tall yeah, i don't know what the right term is a very yes. tall water container we'll we'll go with water tower but yeah. thank you for you know trying to do your best yeah you know there's one of those well at the uh you know on radar or not radar hill radar hill is the casino um what is that hill 
Um, it's the the highest point in Charles Mix County, uh, south yeah. of town. That like that has a water tower or whatever yes. whatever one of these is. On. Yes. Yeah. So was that that what your what your dad it's, worked on? Yeah, it's not that one. Okay. It's not that one. It was it was down by Pickstown, I think, closer. But yes. Anyway, uh, whether you call it a water tower, whether you call it a large structure that contains water, it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're on top of it. They climbed down to the top of it. Uh, Ryan is kind of going on and on about, oh, wherever I go, I always find the highest point and try to climb it. And uh, best place I've ever been, Senegal, West Africa. <laughs> and he's just he's talking a lot about his past travels and future travels. Uh, it's dumb. <laughs> it's a dumb scene. <laughs> it is Julie... Uh, I feel like is is soaking it up. I was going to say eating it up. I wouldn't say she's eating it up, but she's definitely taking it in. Um, he he kind of, I think, asked her what her future holds. Um, she expresses that, yeah, she kind of has a love-hate relationship with Dylan. She used to hate it. Now she's not so sure anymore, but she really just wants to see the world. He takes a picture of her and says, here you are seeing the world. Um, yeah, which it's weird. And I also, get, he just had those pictures of Senegal like queued up. <laughs> they were, yeah, he didn't have to cycle through. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> she was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I got pictures. Check it out. And this was on like an old like DSLR camera. This wasn't like a yeah. phone. Yeah, no, no. Um, He does kiss her at this point. He goes for it. We see Tim and Billy digging a big hole. Um. They are going to be burying the car skeletons. This, I was, in my mind, when they said they were going to dig a big hole and put car, I assumed they would have like a tractor. A, yeah, backhoe or something. Or something. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> yeah. digging this by hand, which is, yeah. and they're out in like, on a, gra- like in the gravel pits. Like this was not, it did not look like yeah. easy ground to dig in the first place. <laughs> and they're no. doing it with freaking shovels. Yep saying shovels tim is very discouraged uh and feeling very dumb it seems like this is the dumbest thing we've ever done yeah billy gets pissed at him for having a bad attitude (laughs) about the whole thing uh tim like says he wants out of this whole chop shop thing like we've made our money let's be done he begs billy like let's just be done let's go back to fixing cars let's keep it simple Billy does agree that uh, they can be done. (laughs) Tim adds on, and I want you to stop yelling at me because I didn't go to college. Uh, Billy agrees to that. And then Tim says, and I also want to be a partner in the business. And Billy agrees to that as well. He kind of jokingly is like, let me think about it. We'll see. It's a nice lighthearted moment in a (laughs) pretty ridiculous uh, otherwise moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he, he agrees. We get a little scene. Uh, well, we get a music cue. Oh, uh, yeah. Of it's the song is called "Remembrance Day," and it's by an artist called Frally, featuring Teddy Thompson. <laughs> oh, Frally and Teddy Thompson. Yeah, you know, um, great duo. So we get a kind of a scene of Becky looking at pictures of herself with her mom, like as a child, yep. right? Yep. Um, and then we get a you know she shows up at um the Taylor house. She's asking for Tammy. 
um, tells Tammy she's decided to get an abortion, but she's got mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of goes into, and this is where this is yeah. the scene that I was sorry, or alluded to earlier. Yeah. Um, that she kind of is like, you know, like I don't want to have this kid just to have it and then resent it my entire life. Like I mm-hmm. feel like my uh, mom did to me, um, which as I said, I relate to this, uh, not necessarily to that point. I don't think my mom resents me, Mm -hmm. but I do think, you know, I'm, I'll be 34 in uh, a month and a half. Um, I don't have any kids. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think that part of it is because, um, like I saw my mom, like literally be the most selfless person that I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, to this day, but I'm seeing like her enjoy her life for the first time. And mm. she's like 56, yeah. Um, yeah. like, which is like, Oh God. Um, you know, I think that's a big part of it. And not to say that like kids completely ruin your life, but I mean, it was just me and her for the first seven years, you she, know, like, mm. and she, she had to work her ass off more than I would be willing to <laughs> quite frankly, mm-hmm. like to do what she did. And so I, I think about that a lot, like, especially seeing my mom now and seeing her like get to like spend money pretty freely and not be like Mm -hmm. extremely tight about everything. And yeah. um, Like them fixing up the house for the first time since we've lived there. And like, Mm -hmm. they just redid the, the kitchen and they just put a front porch out. Now we've got a front porch and like, um, now they're redoing the basement. It's like, oh, they're able to do stuff because we're all out of the house now. And like, yeah. they don't have to worry about all of this as much. But also that started with me because <laughs> right away it was just like just us. And it's like, I think that if there's anything that prevents me from having a kid, like I joke a lot about like hating children or whatever. Um, that's not true. That's just a yeah. bit. <laughs> but like, but I think, because I think the thing that prevents me the most from having kids is the financial aspect of it. Like I live Mm -hmm. very comfortably right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I had a child, I would not be able to live. And granted, I mean, we're Angie and I are both like, and I, it would be she and I presumably, unless she leaves me. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, You know, divorce rates, 50% folks. No joke. It's terrifying (laughs) to me. I'm also terrified of divorce, but uh (laughs) That's another, we don't, uh, you know, this, this podcast I've been using as therapy for uh, a year and a half now, but, (laughs) 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 but, uh, but no, I, uh, I I think the thing that scares me the most is just like, oh man, I'm so comfortable in my lifestyle that I Mm -hmm. don't know. And I'm sure that I would be, it would be so rewarding and I'd be so happy, but like also, it's 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 a lot it's and you you've got three kids and they're great uh mm-hmm. great kids um but man scares the hell out of me <laughs> yeah. yeah no you're you're definitely not wrong about all of that in what my advice always you know when i'm i'm talking to you know because i i work with college students so they're kind of in that stage of life where they're thinking about getting married and they're thinking about having mm-hmm. kids and even like down to getting a dog I always tell them, like, listen, Mm -hmm. getting married changes absolutely everything. Like, that is going to, that's going to be the most, like, disruptive choice that you've made in your life so (laughs) far. And then you have kids and it's going to mess everything up all over again. And then every kid you have is going to continue to mess (laughs) things up. 
And, uh, yeah, you, you're, you're dead on with like needing to be completely selfless, which I'm yeah. terrible at. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, man, it's, it's something that we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about, if you and I talked about this, but like we had, uh, and this is not necessarily, everybody's got their own idea of like what's fun and what is enjoyable or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like we had, uh, Chloe and her husband mm-hmm. over for dinner, probably three or four months ago. She said something like, Oh, I want to do all that while she's like, she's like, I have friends who are like, Oh, I wanted to have kids when I'm young so I can have fun with them when I'm old. And we were both like, that's insane. Like <laughs> when I was 26, I was drinking bottomless mimosas every Sunday. Have fun doing that when you're 50. You're not going to have anybody to go drink bottomless mimosas when you're 50. It's sad when you're 50. It's fun when you're 26. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> I'm sure that there's different kinds of fun that you can have when you're 50, but like, yeah, that's a whole different experience. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know, man. And also, fifty isn't promised, man. Yeah, that's like that's another thing. Like that's fair. I'm here now, man. <laughs> you know? like, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's a whole other aspect of it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I got a lot of thoughts. But yeah. yeah, no, I, I always, I just think like, don't have kids to fix anything because right. I think people try to do that. Mm-hmm. Terrible idea because it's only going to make everything worse. Same with marriage. Don't try and get married mm-hmm. to fix your relationship. That's <laughs> the opposite is going to happen. Bad news. Yeah. Uh, and, but if you do find yourself in the place where you're going to have a kid, like, yes, it's going to be hard as shit, but it's also going to be obviously like simultaneously the hardest and the best thing ever. Right. right? Like it's going to, right. I'm sure it'll be, be awful, but it's also going to be the best thing ever and you wouldn't change it yes. for the world. So right. like, exactly. And the only, the only thing, the thing that, that most gets me going to be like, Oh man, is thinking about like, you know, someday theoretically, if I'm like 90, you know, and like, if I don't have a kid, you know, if I, yeah. if there's nobody there to like, whatever. Sure. And you know, I've got cousins, nieces, nephews, like I've got family that I'm close to, mm-hmm. but I got to think about like Angie's uncle who just passed, you know, he mm-hmm. was, he was just a few months shy of 85. Mm-hmm. Um, like got found by his brother. Sure. You yeah. know, like, which I mean, at least he wasn't living alone, you know, right. but like mm-hmm. still like, yeah. that's, that's the only thing that I think about is mm-hmm. like someday I'll be in, in not great health. And uh, as hard as it may seem uh, <laughs> today, but like, that's the only thing is like, man, I hope that I'm never, cause I, I, I mean the, the idea of like assisted living is sucks, but also like the idea of living alone and potentially like not being found if you pass for however long is yeah. also terrifying to me. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of that, that angle of it, yeah. but yeah, no, for sure. So to kind of wrap up that conversation, uh, Becky asks Tammy, do you think I'll go to hell if I have an abortion? And Tammy says, no, honey, I don't. Um, so again, Tammy uh, being compassionate here and mm-hmm. um, I think handling it in a very top-notch Tammy Taylor way, in my Agreed. opinion. Agreed, 100%. Yep. Um, she does. Becky does ask Tammy what she would tell her daughter if it was, yeah, if it was her. Tammy says, well, I would tell her to think about what she wants in life, uh, that she's in a real tough spot in that she'd support her no matter what decision she made. Yeah. 
The uh, next morning, Tim offers Becky and Moss Broles a ride to the clinic. Becky declines. They head out to presumably do the deed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over at the Pop Warner football game, uh, this is this is so odd. I know that the like idea is that Virgil's whole like story arc is that he's a guy who used to be good at football and now he hates it. Yeah. but like he never went to his kids' football game. Like that's a that's a, that's a bad dad. Listen, man. Either like don't allow them to play football, yeah. or go to the games. Yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah. You're not hitting the right uh, the right zone here with yeah. your decision making. Um, but he does. He finally shows up. Big Verge showing up. Starts coaching him up, and Jess is very happy to see him. Um, it's obvious that, yeah, that football is in Jess's blood because they're basically, uh, she's yelling the same thing that Big Verge is yelling mm-hmm. um, until she realizes that he's there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a nice scene. But then, yeah, also like, okay, was that really so hard? Yeah. Man? <clears throat> Come on, dude. Uh, yeah, weird, weird bit. The whole character of Virgil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, uh, we get a, a shot. Vince is taking his mom to the rehab center. Um, mm-hmm. Tells her he believes in her. Yeah, this was very a very this whole scene was very unrealistic to me in a number this of ways. Like it, happened. it was very poorly written. This episode honestly is not going to get I'm a higher you. rating for me because the <laughs> Luke's parents are written. Realistically, but ridiculously. Yeah. Um, the, the whole Virgil thing really coming full circle where he's a guy who hated football, but then like, yeah, we just talked about it. The opening Ridiculous. church scene. Yeah. The opening church scene. And then this scene, especially, I was like, this feels like somebody who has, who grew up in an affluent white neighborhood, mm-hmm. like writing for a for a Vince type character. Yeah. Like he, like even just the fact that the bill came out to $4,000 even. Uh, yep. I made a note <laughs> of that as well. Yes. Like, okay. That'll be $4,000. That's literally a line. In this scene. Or that comes out to $4,000. Like it's just comical. It is comical. And then, he pays her $4,000 in cash in like a, not even an envelope. Like it looked like it was wrapped up in just like a piece of printer paper. Oh. <laughs> Hands it to her. She doesn't like count it, but she kind of looks at it and is like, this is, this will do. Or she says something like, like this is, thank you. This is good. And then he like walks out to, oh my gosh, a car where his criminal friends are, his past criminal friends. And one of them passes him a gun. This scene they just is hand him a gun immediately. The worst scene in Friday Night Lights history up to this point. <laughs> I can't believe there wasn't hip hop music playing in it the car. Was, but <laughs> it was comical. It was comically bad. It, I yeah. was, I was offended <laughs> by how bad it was. <laughs> I'm glad you were too, because I've I made notes of all those things as well. Uh-huh. Like the bill is exactly four thousand dollars. <laughs> even Vince hands her an envelope <laughs> of cash. She doesn't count it, but <laughs> looks somewhat skeptical. He walks out of the rehab center and gets in a car with Into Bozo a and the hot dark guy, 
yeah. black Cadillac. <laughs> and they immediately hand him a gun. Ridiculous. <laughs> Very bad. A low point of this series. I, I will say it. It's a low point of this series. <laughs> I can't think of a scene that's worse than this. This is worse than Landry killing a guy. It's it is. <laughs> Luckily, it's very brief, unlike the Landry killing a guy right. was stretched Going, out over yeah. an entire season. But <laughs> I'll say that scene is it is the worst scene in Friday Night Lights history. It was not up good, to this point. Sure. Up to this point. All right. Last scene, Luke and Becky on the phone. Luke is reassuring her that he's going to be there for her no matter what. She's not alone. They'll figure it out together. Uh, she kind of interrupts him like, Luke, I took care of it. You don't need to worry. Um, Luke handles that. Pretty well. Uh, pretty impressive guy, this Luke Cafferty. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky cries. Yeah, he's a stand-up guy. I Yeah, I I like Luke. Um, he's a little bit of a... Uh, he's a little bit unrealistically written, mm-hmm. uh, but also I kind of relate to a lot of him. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Luke. Yeah, for a 17, 18-year-old kid with the uh, upbringing that he apparently had yeah. and the parents that yeah. he had to be able to navigate a very complex situation like that the way that he does. Pretty impressive. Uh, we get a shot of Becky crying. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Roll credits. We'll be right back. We'll give out some more awards for the week. Okay, we're back. We're going to start our awards like we always do with the coach Taylor inspiring some real highs and lows for coaches this week. Well, and the highs aren't really inspiring. They're not inspiring. No, I'm. I'm going to say we don't. We don't have a football game. We don't have much of practice. I guess we see him yeah. come around a little bit, so we'll give him a couple of redemption points, but I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking like a one or a two. Yeah. He's lucky to be in the positive. Uh, he should be grateful. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I was thinking about even just giving him a flat zero, but I think let's, let's go. Let's just go with a one. Yeah. We'll, we'll give, give him, him a one. one. Well, that's, you know, coach has earned the benefit of the doubt uh, over the last four yep. seasons. So. I think him, I think him realizing that he was wrong and coaching Vince in the way that, co- that Vince needs to be coached yep, based on Virgil's uh, recommendation gives him exactly one point in the positive. <laughs> yes. Uh, Julie Taylor hate I don't feel like Julie is directly like hateable, but at the same time still annoying in a Julie sort of way by yeah. falling for Ryan Habitat, yes. Ryan Cabrera and all that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the scene on the water tower or whatever you want to call that structure <laughs> is um, it's so dumb. I literally wrote my notes like this scene is very dumb. Um, yeah. Her falling for him, her like, cause he's just such an obvious like creep. Yeah. Um, and her like, being like, oh, by the way, I invited Ryan to dinner on Wednesday night or whatever night it was. Like, yeah. is is very Julie. That's extremely Julie. I it's. I mean, it's got to be at least a five or a six. Before the number I had in my head before we started uh, talking this out was a three, but you've definitely got me up to a five. So yeah. let's let's go with a five. A five. Yeah. yeah. Big rig beer tally. Tim drinking it all. We had two. Uh, one early on in, by the way, I got a new notebook. Finally, uh, my oh, wow. old notebook is full. My, I had a five subject notebook that was full. 
This one is a <laughs> this one's a one subject. Uh, not very thick. We'll, I'm hoping that I can get through the rest of the series with just this notebook, but we'll see. Um, I literally like I picked up the my five subject notebook today, and I was like, I have three pages. That's not going to be enough because I average about four pages. Okay, per, and yeah. this this one was four pages exactly. Like literally, this is the fourth page. I'm on the bottom. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you used all the space. Yes. So. Um, we had the first one. I didn't note it right away, but then I retroactively noted it. When Tim and Becky are talking about her pregnancy outside of the trailer, Tim's got a beer. Um, and then he also has one as they're talking about how risky the chop shop is becoming in Riggins Rigs when uh, Billy uh. suggests the lake and the driving off a cliff. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me that uh, I can be completely sure that Tim has not drank any beers and uh, you always catch them. So nice yeah, work. Gotta keep that out. Uh, what level of sponsorship would it take for someone to be able to uh, get their hands on that uh, full notebook of Anthony Hookman's oh, Living boy. Lights notes? The whole notebook? Here's yeah. the thing. The mail terrifies me. I'm very scared of sending the mail, um, especially okay. packages. I've never sent a package in my life. What? That is the God's honest truth. Wow. What? I've never just, sent a package in my life. You're just intimidated I had a, by going to the I had postal? Offer, I had an offer on uh, one of my uh, vinyl albums that I bought back in 2008. I bought it for $8. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. No. I bought this album for $8. Do you remember Shwayze? No. He was one of those MTV buzzworthy artists back okay. in 2008. He was an, a rapper and he was with Cisco Adler, who was the son of a producer whose name I can't remember, but it was something Adler. Mm-hmm. Um, they released an album. They had a couple of like small hits. Uh, one was called Corona and Lime. The other one was called Buzzin'. Um, nope. Bought this album as a bit um, that summer. Um because uh, the girl that I was into at the time and I were watching a lot of MTV's Next, um, which <laughs> yes. is still the greatest show of all time. Um, I would do a podcast on MTV's Next, one hundred percent. If we had the if we had the access to that entire series, I would do a podcast on it. But um, so MTV was was pushing Shwayze sh- pretty hard, and I bought the album for I. I it was under ten dollars. I want to say it was eight dollars. Yeah. That album is on Discogs right now. The lowest it has sold for in the last uh, 10 sales is $56.52. Oh the most it has sold for is $194.99. <laughs> the average is $150. Um, I had a guy like reach out and was like, I saw that you have this in your collection. Um, would you sell it to me? And like we went back and forth, and I ended up like accidentally ghosting him because I'm scared of the mail. <laughs> Dude, uh, you live in Sioux Falls now. If you get that offer again, you can just take it to like the FedEx store or to uh, uh there's a couple places called Pack and Ship in Sioux Falls and just give them the address in your item and they will pack it all up for you and send it for a fee. Okay. Well, I'll look into that. Yes, it um, would be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm terrified of the mail. Uh but I would, yeah. Uh I don't know what I don't know. What's a reasonable I don't know. 
What's a reasonable? I don't, I don't know if I don't know if we have any fans that are that into the oh, show that yeah. would want my handwritten notes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna? You're not gonna get much out of that. Um, it's I don't it's, know. Uh, it's a piece of history. Oh, I guess. I mean, if you're a <laughs> make, mega fan, make I mean, an this, offer. <laughs> we're talking. Yeah, make an offer. We're talking about a five subject notebook though, Liz. So let's not be cheap. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we we reserve the right to turn down your offer, but yeah. Listen, uh Nile in Wales, I don't I don't want you offered in pounds. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's that's not real. <laughs> By the way, I did look up that I feel bad because I've been pronouncing his name Niall. And yeah. I, I did, I finally Googled like, how do you pronounce the spelling of this name? And it's, it's <laughs> Niall. So my biggest apologies to Niall and Wales. Um, uh, I kind of suspected that, but you said it with such confidence that yeah, I just I shouldn't, it, have, so. shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so I uh, know big, big apologies. Thank you for still being a fan. And, and, and honestly, thank you for like not correcting me that that's, you're a bigger <laughs> man than me. Yeah. Sometimes I get emails at work and they're like, uh, good morning, Andrew. And I'll be like, <laughs> uh, my name is right there in the signature yeah, in the same that email, email that you replied to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, so shout out to Niall. If now, if you DM me your address, I'll send you. No, that's a lot of shipping. I don't. I'm not going to send you a page for free. Sorry. I'll, you'll scan a page. You'll take a picture of a page. I'll email you. A page. <laughs> All right, the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus uh, Moves no Moment Week. No Matt, and we uh, recently tried out the Landry Clark uh, Goofus no Moves. Landry, no Landry, nobody, no Jade or no Joe McCoy. No Joe McCoy, yeah. So uh, our awards this week are a little sparse, I guess. Our apologies. Um, anybody else have any sleazeball moves? I guess maybe coaches. Uh, yeah. black coaching yeah. thing maybe yeah. gets the sleazeball movie of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, pick your spots, coach. Goofus uh, Malufus, uh, I feel like is probably Ryan with all of his travel crap up there. It's just lame. I don't know if it's Goofus know. Malufus, though. He does it so confidently. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goofus Malufus is more like... Listen, you're not you're not Goofus Malufus if you're showing... If, if Julie Taylor, beautiful woman, Amy <laughs> Garden, come on the show... <laughs> Uh, if Julie Taylor's falling for it, you're not Goofus Moves thing. Well, no, that's not true because Matt yeah, Saracen that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> but I think yeah, I think Matt had a different kind of charm than Ryan no has. Goofus Goofus Malufus needs to be earnest because no 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 no. I'm gonna say I think the Goofus Malufus mode is or the Goofus Malufus moment is Ryan, but it's not on the water tower. It's him trying to talk to coach about playing football in the rain. There it is. That's the goofus moofus moment of the week. 100%. That's got to be weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, it can get pretty weird. <laughs> Notable music cues. You had one in there. Remembrance Day by Frawley featuring Teddy Thompson. There you go. Uh, there was also, I can't remember what was happening, but a nice explosion a classic explosions in the sky moment that happened that i noticed but you can't really make that a notable music cue no. in friday night lights uh outdated pop culture reference of the week you know what i'd almost be willing to say ryan's camera yeah 
<laughs> but I mean, it was, it seemed to be DSLR, or at least it seemed to have like yeah. a movable lens. Yeah. But it was definitely like, cause I almost thought it was just a regular S- SLR camera that uh-huh. like, that was like film. Yeah. No. Um, until he, still yeah. he started pulling up the, the photos. Um, I don't know that off the top of my head, I can come up with anything else. Hey, you know, uh, how about uh, Texas abortion laws at the time only requiring people to give their options? Jeez. Anthony gets political. (laughs) There you go. That's, that's probably, yeah, much more outdated at this point. Quote of the episode. Gotta be coach. Gotta be. Yeah. It gets pretty weird. (laughs) Yeah. It gets pretty weird. Yep. In context that had me near tears. I didn't even write that one down, but that's definitely it. It's pretty. Yeah. I can get pretty weird. Uh, (laughs) Let me make sure you get it. Uh, Yeah. It can get pretty weird. That's what it is. My coach. The, uh, oh, that's a shame, but Arizona is beautiful is my follow-up. But yeah, coach was definitely the uh, court of the week king. Honorable mention, I had uh, Coach Stan saying, you really are a bunch of jug butts. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I've never good. heard of a jug butt before. Jug butt. But. That's, uh, it reminds me of a friend of the show, Austin Ringling, when we were in junior high football. Uh, missed a, a jamboree for whatever reason. I don't remember what it was. Uh-huh. But I remember Coach T- or like uh, assistant coach Tim Pranger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, being Chug, like, oh, I could totally hear him saying jug butt, but no, didn't on. say jug butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I could definitely hear him yeah. say jug butt. I will still, I still remember to this day being under the crow's nest, uh, because we were on the the field. Uh-huh. Uh, we were playing a jamboree. It was the plat jamboree on the field, and Austin missed a game for some reason. I think he got sick or something. Like it was, it wasn't an injury, and it wasn't like a family yeah. death or something. <laughs> uh-huh. I remember Mr. Mr. Pranger, Tim Pranger, was like, when Austin gets back, I want you to make him feel like horse Bucky. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> we it's lost like, our we lost our quarterback today, and I want you guys to make him feel like horse Bucky for missing this game. <laughs> it's 13, Tim. <laughs> Yeah. Calm down. I'm pretty sure it was eighth grade year two. It was like, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I still remember. I still remember horse pucky. I'll horse never pucky. forget the term horse pucky ever. <laughs> Tim Prager. Well, we'll have to ask Austin if you felt like horse. Austin, uh, <laughs> yeah. I know you listen to the show. Uh, reach out and tell us if you let felt us know. like horse pucky or not. And let and, us know what the reason was you missed that plat jamboree <laughs> in the eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, our MVP of the episode, who had a strong question. showing? I got honestly, I might go Becky. Mm, that's controversial. It is. <laughs> Are we willing to go there? Because I was going to say Tammy, but because I, I always say Tammy, but um, but then I thought about it, and I I really I mean I think. It is controversial because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm yeah, I'm doubling down on it. I'm gonna say wow. Becky is I'm gonna say Becky is my oh, choice wow. for MVP of the episode. Oh, wow. Oh wow. Wow. 
Oh wow. I I would go with Tammy here because okay. I feel like Tammy nails her position. I don't know exactly. I think you and I are pretty similar on this particular politicized topic, but maybe it's an area where we diverge slightly. Um, so I Probably kind not of, as much as you think. No, I believe that. I, I I mean, I think we've kind of had conversations about it mm-hmm. before. Here's what I, here's what holds me back from Becky, mm-hmm. and this is going to be controversial. Please don't cancel me. What holds me back from Becky is. I feel for Luke's side of this for sure absolutely. that he was not in on, yeah. and that's, that's that's a controversial that's, thing to say. Yeah. No, but, but no, no. I think I, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I was Luke, I would be pretty devastated um, by sure. that. Absolutely. I, I mean, yes, I'm sure there'd be a part of me that was relieved, but I think it would be you know something that haunted me the rest of my life. And yeah, I know. Um, so that's what holds me back from Becky. Uh, completely. Here's what I think. I think we do a reliving the lights first. Mm-hmm. I think when this episode get posted, we do a Twitter poll. <laughs> Who do you think is the MVP of this episode? Tammy Taylor, Becky Sproles, or other comment below. Okay. All right. We're going to do it. I like it. I, but I think you should also do Tammy Taylor, parentheses, team Josh, Becky Sproles, <laughs> parentheses, team Anthony. Other comment below. All right. We're going to leave it up to you all. Please do head over to the Twitter feed, the Reliving the Lights, at Reliving Lights Twitter feed, and let us know who you think is the MVP of this episode. Uh, Our episode rating, we've kind of alluded that we're not real high on this one. Um, I'm a little torn because I do think there's a lot of uh, heart in the Becky and Luke storyline absolutely um, um i think outside all of that ee. i think all the points are going to be gained from the becky and luke storyline plus uh a little bit of good tammy and coach back and forth uh yeah. the, the hangover mm-hmm. scene and the dinner scene at the taylor household yeah and all of the becky and luke scenes are well all of the Becky scenes are saving this. Definitely not some of the Luke scenes, <laughs> specifically <laughs> no. with his parents. Um, I don't know, Josh. I'm considering doing like a four here. Whoa. Wow. That's really low. That that would be the lowest rating. Yeah. Right. I think we've I think, given an episode. I think I don't know that we've gone <laughs> below five, but I really am willing. I think this is a great episode for Becky. I think it's a great episode for Tammy. I, and I, I mean, at some of pro- probably to my recollection, Becky's strongest and I feel bad. And that's why I feel that I need to give yeah. her MVP yeah. because this is not only a strong Becky episode, but a strong, the actress who plays Becky. episode. She, oh, that, I mean, definitely on that. She, she really puts her this. all into yeah. this performance and she's killing it. And Tammy is killing it. But everything outside of that storyline is bad. And I don't think that we've, I think, have we done a five before? I don't even think we've gone to down to a five because I, I really think that this is the worst one. Maybe, like I said, outside, if it wasn't for the Becky storyline, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this I would call a bad episode. I, I hesitate to call it a four. If we've never done a five, then I'll I'll call it a five. But I feel yeah. like we've gone five. Maybe maybe you've pushed me up to a six before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
man, I'm thinking at, at best a strong four. And I'm and I don't want to I know I'm being harsh, but the, the coach <laughs> scenes, the coach scenes with Virgil are just so bad that the one scene that we talked about is just it is cartoonish. It, yeah. it is cartoonishly bad. It is the worst scene in Friday Night Lights history. So you know what? I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm saying a strong four. <laughs> sounds sounds like your mind's made up. Uh I was thinking a six or maybe a light seven, but oof, a four. I mean, even if we met in the middle, that'd be a five. I I mean this has an 8.2 on IMDB, That's which insane. is is too high. Way too high. So I, I'm willing to come down to a four, but I'm going to put that rating because I actually pulled up the page again for the IMDB to look at what it got. And it asks, how would you rate? I can't as we started this process. So I'm going to go with, I'll, I'll meet you at a four, but I'm going to put it would into you? IMDB just to pull that 8.2 down. Sure. But for the bit. episode for this episode of the podcast, we'll give it a five. We'll meet in the middle of a five. Yeah, if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yep. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with meeting at a five. But this is yeah. There's there's more to hate here than in any Friday Night Lights episode up to this point. <laughs> I'll say that. All right. Uh, let us know if you agree that this was not good. Uh, we have any shout outs we need to do. We got a lot of shout outs this, uh, these last few days, I feel like. <laughs> so we got the open invitation to, to hang out with Chris at Martin blank. Yeah. In the Twin which cities. I, I happened to be in the twin cities when I got that. Sorry. I couldn't make that work, oh. but, uh, yeah. Um, we got, uh, yeah. Mad, mad respect for the pick with MJ. And he posted his own picture with a, uh, wax, <laughs> uh, statue of MJ. <laughs> um, David Bachman says another great episode, guys. I have to call out Iron Oak on his synopsis. Not only is it too long in detail, but it is inaccurate. Tammy mentions that Boston College was her dream school, but it definitely wasn't her alma mater. Uh, Dave, we're going to chalk that up to Haven Iron Oak falling into uh, movie dude <laughs> one madness. He's he's succumbing to the madness. He's yeah. He's Are we putting down. ourselves at risk by attempting <laughs> to write these? Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but that's that's kind of my intention. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, he says I also want to nominate the uh, buddy Donnie Garrity uh, as Donnie this Buddy Garrity. Yeah, it should be. sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Donnie Buddy Garrity. That's why it threw me off so much. Yep. Um, as this episode's MVP, uh, I was impressed with his ability to get the game on the Spanish radio station, regardless of if it was selfishly motivated. So he's talking about four hundred eight. Uh, yeah, you know, I can't Good disagree. Um, I don't remember who we did do as the MVP for that episode, but appreciate it. We got another uh, shout out from Niall who tweeted us the Welsh flag. Did you see this tweet? <laughs> I did not, no. Uh, it was the Welsh flag uh, uh, emoji and said, if you know, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and you, dragon, baby. And, and you know, we know, Niall. So. We know. <laughs> uh, and again, apologies for mispronouncing your name several times on this very program. Um, Matthew Taylor has tweeted us in this is, this is the one that I, I wanted to figure out how you wanted to handle. Okay. He says at reliving lights, what do you think is the best season of hashtag FNL? And I wanted to say, oh, yeah. do we, do we respond to this tweet in Twitter or do we respond on the show? 
Let's do it on the show. That's better. Okay. Right. Okay. And I, do we, I do we like tweet, him, do we tweet him right now and say, listen to episode 410 when it comes out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do that. All right. I'm going to say, listen to episode or uh, episode 410 being recorded right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, what do you think? Uh, what would you say is the best season of, of FNL? Uh, I, I think my feelings prior to this rewatch have been confirmed so far that my favorite, I'm like second guessing. I'm literally looking through the episode list of this season right now, just to make sure to kind of remind myself, I think, Oh, I think I'm going season three, but now I'm second guessing it that I need to stick with season one. Interesting. See, if, if um, you would have asked me before this rewatch, I would have said season three, definitely. Yeah. Coming into the, the rewatch, I think we talked about this, what our favorite season was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Matthew, uh, maybe go back and listen to those early episodes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to put you on blast as we're answering your question. <laughs> um, I think coming into this, I said, I think season three is my favorite season. And I always said my uh, the odd numbered seasons are right, my favorite. Best, so I think yeah. I, I was I was three one five four two was my order. Yeah. Um however um while redoing this podcast and rating the episodes uh by each episode, uh to quote one of my heroes, Scott Steiner, the numbers don't <laughs> lie. And they spell disaster for Samoa Joe at sacrifice. But uh <laughs> I, I I gotta say I think for, I think season one is gonna take the cake because I mean if you look at how many tens we gave out oh and gosh. I mean we're only talking in the last within the last like ten episodes we gave out three tens yeah. um, I, I don't think we gave out a ten until Mud Bowl but I think Mud Bowl the finale and we gave out one more I think uh, ten and I mean we've given out tens here and there but uh, I think I think there's more per capita in the first season so. I got to say, um, they all hold a different but special place in my heart. But mm-hmm. I, I think season one would, would have to take the cake for me. I'm looking at the episodes right now and just the list on IMDb and <laughs> seeing a little movie dude one. Feeling a little nostalgic for movie dude one as I look at these synopses. But man, Mud Bowl the state, the finale, yeah. the I think we should have sex episode. Yeah. Uh, it's There's a lot of Kobe gifs sent between each other in the, <laughs> in that time. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, there's, there's some, I think we sent each other uh, at least one or two in, in season three, which of course is a shortened season as well, or compared to season yeah. one. But yeah. I, I do have to say, I think season one per capita is probably the best, yep. but yep. Yep. But what a great series overall, man. Uh, Got a tweet from uh, Martin Blank at Martin Blank, Chris, uh, who tweeted us a photo of a bottle of Molson Canadian near a bonfire. It's looking good. Chris knows how to how to listen to reliving yeah. lights the right like way. Q episode three twelve. So he's a, he's a few episodes behind. He might not be listening to this for a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. we appreciate. Hey, keep going to the backlog. Hey, if you ever want to give us a, a can check, especially if you're drinking it while you listen to Reliving the Lights. Oh, yeah. Please do. Yeah. Hit like us a see that. can check, bottle check, uh, 
whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we love it. We, we, we love uh, talking about the show and we love having a few beers or other beverages while we watch the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we love you um, sending them. Anyway, I got to get back to the shout outs. We got uh, Matt Whitson. Who said yes. just rewatched the episode where Street and Riggins travel to Mexico to get street pumped full of shark juice? <laughs> Completely lost track of Tim's beer yeah. count, so I'm anxious to see what the final big rig beer tally was for that one. Uh, spoiler alert to Matt if you haven't caught up at that point. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we lost count as well. Yeah. I think we did a like assumed count. Yeah, on we episode. there's a lot of conjecture on that yeah. uh, that tally for sure. <laughs> and uh, and our old friend Riley McKenna Insco, shout out to Riley. Uh, fan from from the jump she's from been jump, yeah. she's been here since season one for sure Definitely. one of our oldest fans you know one of my favorite bits uh that i've never gotten to use in person uh there was a jake and amir episode where um it was actually allison williams guested and uh uh-huh. amir's like she's my oldest friend uh her name what's her name cheryl he's like cheryl's my oldest friend and jake is like um how long have you guys known each other and he's like we just met today and he's like, you just said she was your oldest friend. And he's like, she's 50. And I've always wanted to do that bit. And I've like tried Yeah. Um, when Carter and I both lived in Brookings. I would occasionally be like, he's my oldest friend. And would just like wait for somebody to be like, how long have you guys known each other? To be like, he's 50. Um, and it never happened. So, but uh, Riley McKinnon, let's go. She's our oldest fan. She's 50. Um, no, just kidding, Riley. Um, I, I don't know you personally, but you definitely look uh, younger than 50. So if you are 50, yeah. you look great. Yeah, um, nice work. She says, I'm sure currently in Chicago listening to your recent episode about your shy trip. Good <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> uh, my company owns Willis. So that's where I've been all week. Thank Jeez. you. Thank God you guys didn't sleep in a parking garage. I agree. <laughs> um, good I don't times. know. I think it might have been. I think it might have been a good idea. But hey, yeah. Uh, I you know Riley, I would suggest if you're at Willis Tower to go ahead and go into the 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 top floor and just go ahead and pull an Invisa bench on yeah. the uh, the glass kind of box that you can go stand on out there if you don't know what an invisible bench is i will go ahead and and send you i will respond to that tweet right now yes that's what uh, i was going to suggest all right riley and that was just sent today so she's currently in chicago so nice um yeah we just hit you with a uh, invisible bench picture riley if you send us an invisible bench picture uh i don't know we'll uh (laughs) I, I feel comfortable. I'll send you a pic uh, uh, if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a page of the notes. I'm terrified of the mail, uh, but <laughs> I'll I'll you can you hand, can throw a stamp on an envelope. I will hand deliver a page of my handwritten notes to Josh, and he will send it to you in the mail. <laughs> wow! Should you so want? Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, I think that's all our shout outs for this week. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. We once again, if you tweet at us, we'll probably mention you on yeah. the show. So, but we, it helps. We love it if you give us five dollars or more. <laughs> or, or that's, more. I mean, that's. And just to reiterate, this episode is brought to you by Michael J. Harris. <laughs> Sponsor the show. Boom! All right, lesson of the episode. What we learn from this episode? What's the lesson? What's the takeaway? What's the moral that we can apply to our lives? Um, number one, don't start a chop shop with your brother. Number two, yeah, if you do, maybe don't make it super obvious because you live 
in a relatively small town if you do live in a relatively small town and if honestly if you live in a in a, a large city uh don't start a chop shop either because it's going to be obvious to somebody. Um, and if the local car crusher is onto your schemes, uh, you're pretty much fricked. So just stop and don't try to bury cars. No, uh, your other, their other ideas were not good, but burying cars is also not a good idea. So don't put them in the lake. Don't drive them off a cliff. Don't try to bury them. That's good. If you put your mom into rehab and you're short on money, don't get into a dark Cadillac where your crappy friends from a former life hand you a gun. That's bad. You should walk away from that situation. I hope we never have to talk about that scene again. I hope it just... (laughs) doesn't i know it's gonna i mean obviously it's gonna feed into the plot but i'm just so (laughs) maybe an alternate lesson is if you are writing for a tv show (laughs) don't do what the writers did of this episode very bad what a mess (laughs) all right anthony i feel like we covered some ground here uh tonight we we got all over the place um we did there will definitely be some things that get left on the cutting room floor. And, and there were some okay. things that uh, didn't even make the recording <laughs> because we had to pause it. Also a good thing. Because <laughs> uh, we weren't comfortable with them even being on recording. So uh, let us know if we offended this you. This podcast is my therapy. <laughs> Just think about that. Uh, shout out to our listeners in the uh, West Indies. <laughs> Boys will literally start a podcast. <laughs> Uh, and instead. talk about their issues publicly instead of going to therapy. I feel like I could probably mute that uh, joke for you on Twitter as well, but it, yeah. but it works for us. Uh, shout out to our listeners in Laos. Uh, Absolutely. Shout out to our listeners wherever you are. Uh, we are grateful that you guys are willing to <laughs> listen to us uh, emotionally vomit uh, all over this podcast <laughs> that's it for this week we will see you all next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast Ta-da. let's touch God this time boys let's touch God <laughs> <laughs>